the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And this week, we have a massive reveal. We have some very exciting news, and I cannot wait to get into the subject matter with today's guest, Mia Kern, on a license that she's managed to procure for TEDx. Now, this is going to be the very, very first time that Ibiza has hosted a conference in English, and she has won the license for TEDx. Ex Dolt Villa, the World UNESCO Heritage Site, and I'm very excited to introduce her to tell you all about um, how we are going to appeal to the community of Ibiza to get involved. Mia, thank you so much for joining us here today at the Hub Studios. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So first up, tell us what inspired you to go through this incredibly lengthy and laborious labour of love process to get the licence. I love the TED platform. I think it's in a really precise way to get great new ideas out there to the world. And I love how professionally produced it is. And I love how it's just um, packaged so well. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that really work here in Ibiza? Because we have a community full of seekers and doers and talented people um, that need this sort of professionally produced platform to get their idea out there. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time driving around the island, as everyone does, and I listened to um, the TED Talks Daily, which is uh, a great way to sort of get inspired by new speakers that are reaching your ears from all over the world in 10-minute, 12-minute sound bites. So. I mean, you summed it up there. I think it's just like such a massive opportunity to reach such an enormous audience. I mean, some of those TED Talks, I know this is TEDx, there's a very big difference. Maybe you can explain that in a second. But it is, you know, a chance to get your idea out there to potentially, you know, millions of people. Yeah, exactly. For me, um, the opportunity to create a TEDx event, X stands for independently organized. So we are a group of volunteers coming together to to put this TED-like event under the TED guidelines and under their license, of course. But it's really our community that is getting together to 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 find these amazing speakers and put them on stage. Um, TED Global, obviously, is a, is a, I think they do it twice a year, um, a, a twice a year event where they have amazing speakers, you know, celebrities, big politicians, all sorts of people on stage. But they're really sort of always looking for the same thing, which is new ideas. What are the new ideas that no one has heard about? What is the inspiring solution to something that has been around that we, we, we haven't heard about? Where is that voiceless person that has no, no stage to go up on and, and talk about what their discovery is? You know, And so I think that's the great platform that TED provides. Mm. I mean, what's the most inspiring speech you've ever seen given at a TED Talk? I mean, where could people begin to think, oh, I'm going to go and check that out and maybe find something that's going to give me a little bit of a, a desire to go and try and find that new idea to get involved? I mean, I've heard people say that TED Talks that they've watched have changed their lives. And I have to say that 
one of the most watched TED Talks is 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 one of the TED Talks that actually did kind of change my life because it was by Sir Ken Robinson and he's uh, passed away, but he gave a talk on um, how schools kill creativity. When I watched that TED Talk, I was completely blown away. I hadn't thought about education in the way that he presented it, in the perspective of somebody like him who has been in education for you know most of his career and has um, started schools all over the world and, and sort of um, came to realize this fundamental flaw in our education system. And it really changed the way I educate my children. And I you know, it planted the seed for me to find more information out there because there is a lot of information on on the education system. And it made me think, oh, wow, actually, I've I've thought of this uh, in a certain way my whole life. And now all of a sudden I listened to a 10-minute TED Talk, which was actually hilarious and also entertaining. um, And it's completely changed my perspective. Speaking of perspectives, well, that leads neatly on to uh, the theme that you chose to, uh, you know, get people coming under the banner of. Can you tell us a little bit about what you decided to uh, call it? Yeah, so the theme for our um, TEDx conference is expanding perspectives. This is a very general big theme, but what I love about it is that it gives us the unique opportunity here in Ibiza to expand the perspectives of our community and why, you know, we might think of a certain um, subject in a certain way, but also what we are putting out to the world. Because after we have uh, produced this amazing one-day event in March, hopefully, 2023, um, we are going to professionally record it, and then it's going to go on the TED platform, and it's going to be accessible to millions of viewers around the world. So, what perspectives are we changing within our community and how can we change the way people perceive Ibiza? Because we know that Ibiza is a very special place, the people that live here and that that form the community that is here. But a lot of people sort of see Ibiza still in this kind of mindset of tourism trap, you know, a place where people go and party and take drugs and that's it. But actually Ibiza is a lot more than that and that's really what I want to share. What's the biggest way that Ibiza has expanded your perspective since you came here? Oh, wow. Deep question. <laughs> well, I have to say the the way that I um, have educated my kids has definitely expanded here because I have had access to people that have really made this their life's work, um, education, alternative education, and there are many alternative schools, although not legal, but they're out there, and my kids have been through them, so I think that um, it has expanded. If I would have stayed living in London, which is where my children were born, and they were into the system, and I was signing them up to schools, you know, while I was still pregnant and that whole thing, um, they would have been leading very different lives to what they do now. So I think Ibiza has made it okay for people to sort of decide, actually, I want something else or something different, or I want to look at things differently now, and I want to feel like that's an okay choice for me to make. It does. And I think that's, you know, exactly what does happen when you move here, as you say, from a city. And that was one of the wonderful things that came up in the speakers committee meeting today um, is that, you know, moving here, I think you're 
you know, everything changes and you're kind of more connected to nature, which intrinsically changes your perspective on everything because you kind of tap out of this city mentality and, you know, these new ways of thinking organically, I think, enter um, your sphere. I mean, what kinds of topics are going to be covered, do you think, under the the TEDx um, this year? Or what are you focusing on? What are you looking forward to kind of bringing more of into uh, the expanding perspectives? Well, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of amazing topics that we we want to cover that the speakers committee has come up with. And we had a great conversation today all about this. But I think that um, something personally that I want to talk about, for example, or I'd like somebody to talk about is, is the issue of water. Where is um, Ibiza going in terms of, uh, you know, using water and, you know, how are governments reacting um, in Spain and locally in in terms of water preservation or um, these sort of topics that we want to dive into are, you know, around climate change or protecting nature. Um, There are you know, obviously moments where we can inspire people by certain personal stories of growth. Um, There might be maybe some topics around um, the use of psychedelics in in healthcare. Um, There might be some topics about the future of work. Um, There's a lot out there, but we're trying to hone it together and, and it has to kind of fall under the umbrella of changing uh, expanding perspectives and also I loved you know what you were speaking about in the committee meeting about you know this new idea I mean this cannot be a rehashed TED talk it cannot be something that you know hasn't got a really decent chunk of depth and research and you know science about it I mean what are the big no-nos that you are really you know if people probably suddenly think oh brilliant I'm gonna I'm gonna give a TEDx talk um, I'm sure that's occurred to a lot of people in this lifetime but actually the the, the practicalities of delivering such a, a huge piece of work in such a short piece of time requires a hell of a lot of skill. Well, exactly. Not just skill, but time and effort. So most people don't understand how hard it is to give a TEDx talk. But when you speak to anyone who has done one, you realize, oh, that's a lot of time that you've spent on that because you have to rehearse, you have to edit, you have to um, really think about every single word because you're you're giving a talk within 18 minutes. And actually, we're looking for people that can deliver something amazing between five and nine minutes sometimes. So, you know, if you're trying to get an idea across that is just uh, uh, one simple idea. You really have to actually even simplify it even further. So it is very challenging to, to give a TED Talk. And it is something that you have to think about. And there is an application process um, and a sort of uh, going back and forth with the speakers committee to make sure that you're not sort of um, putting on any religious or, or political agendas on stage. And you're not trying to sell your business to anyone because that's not, there's no place for for that on the TED stage. Um, and also that if you are kind of claiming any scientific uh, claims in, in, in a, you know, citing a study, for example, or saying, you know, you you have this information from X person, all of that has to be backed up by 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 facts. So there's a team um, that we're working with that are going to be fact checking the hell out of every sort of comment like that. Because what happens is that 
You know, we are the curating team of TED, and we are responsible for making sure that everybody that's on stage is really telling the truth because, and that it's backed by, you know, evidence because the audience is trusting us. The audience is trusting us to, to do that for them, and it's important. And then afterwards, um, the TED Global team will, will go over our talks and make sure that it's all accurate before putting it online. Do you think Ibiza has ever seen such a, an officious event of such gravitas? <laughs> and that's why I love it, because I'm like, oh my God, this is just so what this island needs, just like, you know, to have, I mean, not to say that there aren't other amazing conferences about, you know, there's the Balearic Sea Report guys that come in and, you know, lots of marine biologists gather together once a year. You know, there are occasions like this. I'm certainly not poo-hooing that. I'm just saying, like, you know, for someone... To, to kind of get together a community of people, of thinkers and dreamers and writers and, you know, scientists and neuro, you know, neuroscientists. I think it's it's brilliant that, you know, we can gather together such a, a bunch of kind of academics and, and people who probably, as you pointed out previously, are not what this island is known for, the kind of community that existed. But, you know, really that is what this island is actually made up of. And it's great to be able to tap into specifically that group of people I mean, is this all going to be done in English or what's the plan? So I've gone uh, back and forth about this because obviously we're in Spain and, you know, I would love to sort of honor that, obviously. I'm also uh, was born in Madrid and uh, I'm Spanish, but I don't want to exclude anyone. But I also know that English is the language that reaches the most people around the world. So if one of our goals is to elevate the voices of our community, put them on stage, create a, a beautiful piece of video that we can upload that people will click on, you know, on the other side of the planet, it's most probably going to be in English. Doesn't mean that we're excluding Spanish speakers. If there are speakers that come forward um, or that we find that are, have an amazing idea that can really articulate themselves well and can only do it in Spanish, then you know we'll do it by case by case basis. I mean, you also said something important in the meeting earlier, which is something that I talk about a lot on the podcast courses that I teach is that you cannot enter into this lightly. This is an enormous commitment and it is an insane amount of work. You do not start a podcast unless you're willing to commit. And this is, you know, by the very nature, the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, how much work do you think it takes to put together a TED Talk? I think it will take you... Well, if, if we're opening applications at the end of this week and then you have about a month to get that in, and that it means end of October, so then you have about five months to prepare. I would say five to six months it takes someone to, to prepare a really well-delivered TED Talk. I think, yeah, it's great, though, to know that that body of work is going to be fully supported, as you said, by the people that can also step in. And if there's something you're not sure about or, you know, there's going to be a lot of feedback, there's going to be a lot of handholding, there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, people that are on the same page that kind of understand and will elevate you to your highest, you know, possible, um, you know, presentation possibilities. 
Yeah, I think that that's one of the most amazing experiences for somebody who's giving a TED Talk is even though it's a lot of work, you have this team backing you. And so we're going to have people like speaker coaches that are going to help people be comfortable on stage and deliver. You're going to have fact checkers helping you make sure that everything that you're saying is is fact checked. You're going to have editors uh, checking your, your speech and going through it with you. So there is going to be an enormous amount of support that is really going to, you know, we're here to help you deliver your idea in the most entertaining and uh, entertaining, but, uh, you know, concise and concise way, TED way, you know, so let's let's get your idea. Let's hone it down. How can we, you know, you maybe wrote a book about something, for example. How do you talk about that within five minutes? It's actually quite hard. But or maybe you have a book within you and that you you plan to write. So how you concise your idea in order to to get that book out is exactly the skill that you're going to learn while putting a TED Talk together. And it's going to be in a, a great way to learn also how to collaborate with others in that way because it is just a lot of back and forth and you have to be able to take a little bit of direction, you know, maybe from your speaking coach um, and and your, your sort of... Uh, yeah, all the coaches that are supporting you, basically. I think support is, yeah, the absolute key to, to making a good job of a TED Talk. I think, you know, a lot of people probably think they could do a TED Talk, but doing a good TED Talk is a very different matter. And, you know, you had a great guy up on stage at the very initial meeting where we all spoke about doing this. And I think, you know, he had a very interesting experience. I don't know if you're willing to kind of just share on his behalf. Yeah. So... Um, he gave a TEDx talk on a very big stage with thousands and thousands of people watching in the audience and even more um, online, as he was told right before going on stage. And even though his message is um, very interesting and actually was well articulated, he didn't actually, even though he was part of this amazing TEDx conference that had, uh, you know, all these people, he wasn't approached by any speaker coach Um, And so he kept touching his nose every, I don't know, three to five seconds throughout the entire time. So what happens there is that you're watching this TED Talk and you're not even listening to a word at that point. You're just thinking, why is this guy touching his nose every three seconds? So I think that those are the kind of things that a speaker coach would catch you know and sort of it's very hard to get up on stage and for for example and talk about something and not move you know but you know you have a space we we have a sort of circle which is a a red dot that ted is famous for and we ask the the speakers just to stand within that space because if you're pacing up and down the stage that's also distracting for the audience so you really have to think about this as a performance piece I mean, it sounds, I'm not going to lie, like my worst nightmare. I think you've got to think about this very, very carefully before you start throwing your hat into the ring here. And I think, you know, could you tell us like where you're going to be hosting it? Yeah, I think we're pretty sure that we're going to be hosting it at Canventosa, which is a uh, theater in Ibiza town that is um, owned by the Ayuntamiento of Ibiza. So it's actually subsidized and, you know, affordable, Uh, but it's very comfortable. It has a big stage. Obviously, I would have liked to do it in in Dalt Villa, but it's 
very restricting there with sizes. And for us, it's very important to be able to accommodate the three cameras, all the sound equipment, the lighting, everything that's going to go into making this a top-notch production. What, so what, in your opinion, then, when we're appealing now for people to perhaps actually, you know, think about this very carefully, first of all, and, you know, apply, because no one's getting in here without applying first on, on the website. Um, everything is by application, even the tickets, um, because there's going to be such a limited number of people that are actually, you know, going to be able to attend. Um, but, you know, talk us through, first of all, what do you think, in your opinion, makes a really good TED speaker? I think you need to have a new idea or a perspective on an idea that hasn't been heard before. We really want to elevate the, the voices of the people that haven't um, maybe had a, a stage or a place to, to speak their ideas also. So sometimes you think, oh, obviously that, that person is going to be a great speaker because he's um, extroverted and he's, you know, the life of the party, etc. But sometimes the most quiet, introverted, um, geeky scientist type is the one that's going to deliver the most inspiring, uh, mind-boggling speech that you, you hear in that day. So there are speakers and topics everywhere, and we just have to know how to find them. Somebody who is an expert in their field, I think that's also key. Um, somebody who really knows their subject in and out. So if I put you on the spot and say, oh, you want to do a TED Talk? Great. Give me, give me two minutes and, sh- and tell me what your, your idea is. You cannot sort of falter and say, I'll get back to you on that. That means you don't know your subject very well. So you have to live and breathe what you're talking about. This has to be your life. You, you have to be able to just, you know, expand expand on it and not only just write something up and memorize it and then you know perform it because that's also not the point of a good TED talk a good TED talk is something someone who can change your perspective on 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 something give you new information that is backed up and and give you the tools to access all that so it's also about the follow-through so afterwards if I've listened to an inspiring talk Can I, for example, what I uh, said earlier about the education um, talk that I heard years ago, there was a lot of information online that he provided and there were links and books and I could go and do my own research afterwards. So it has to be something that is um, in in that field. So uh, available to the person that's watching, to the audience. I think one of the fascinating things I heard last week in a podcast when I was listening to the Stephen Bartlett, The Diary of a CEO, with an interview with Julian Treasure, who's apparently got one of the sixth most watched TED Talks of all time. And it was basically when when you speak, how to basically get people to listen, which was very, very interesting. And he's got another talk about listening. And he said the listening one has way less views than the one about speaking. And he said the best thing... The thing that makes the best speaker is to be a good listener, which I thought was very, very interesting. Um, and he, he also highlighted what you said about, you know, a lot of those good speakers are not necessarily the extrovert. A lot of those speakers are the introverts. And I think, you know, we've all got this capacity to have a voice and, and express our words. But I think sometimes that is actually 
very much a skill and it does need work and it does need honing and crafting and it does need time to be developed. So I think, you know, this deadline of getting the application in um, in the next month, obviously we're opening that today on this podcast and on the website, more importantly, where you can go and apply, which is tedx.villa.com. Um, and once that application is in, obviously it will be assessed by the Speaker's Committee and then we'll get back to people um, in the next month and you'll let them know whether or not, you know, we're going to take things further. But I think, you know, that gives you a whole month to kind of sit down and really figure out what it is that you might want to talk about and put that application together, just like you had to, to get this license in the very first instance, which, you know, was a very, very lengthy um, process and something that took a lot of dedication. Yeah, it took uh, three to four months to get this uh, through because there's a lot of going back and forth with the TEP team. Um, They want to make sure who I am, what I've done before, if I'm capable of this, who my community is, if I actually live here, if I actually represent the community, because Creating the TED community is not only about the actual event, which obviously is very important, but throughout the year we could host small gatherings and we can do um, side events um, and create a TED global community within Ibiza that is, you know, sharing new ideas and inspiring uh, information and sort of gathering together and tackling the issues of our times, you know. What do you what do you think out of interest? What Ibiza's biggest? I mean, you, you said about before with the water issue, but I mean, it's 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 obviously a global issue, and it's going to you know become under a, a magnified glass like moving forward. But what what would that ideal speaker to talk about water? Who would they be, or how you know? Is there any one person you can think of like the ideal person that could step forward when they listen to this podcast? Um, what what would they what would they look like? What would they be into? What would their topic be, or how what could they bring to the fore? Well, I want somebody who could speak about water in a local way, of course, to the local community, but for it to also resonate to the global community. So if there is any sort of solution or idea there for capturing water, let's say, individually at home, or I don't know, there's different ways to to tackle this the shortage of water issue that we have. Obviously, today's raining, that's great. But it's, you know, the water table in Ibiza is diminishing every year. And there's more and more people moving to the island. And we're not necessarily conscious about the way we build our gardens and how we use water in our homes. Maybe there is some sort of new technology out there that can change that. I think, yeah, as you say, technology is is one of the key TED uh, words, technology, entertainment and design. So I think those are the three topics I think that actually are going to really bring this whole conference to life. Is there anything else you wanted to add? I mean, what do you need to get this thing off the ground? What's still kind of um, maybe an area that you need to kind of like get a little bit more support from? Well, I've been really lucky so far in... um, having great partners uh, come on board like the hub that is providing space for the speakers committee to meet and a little bit of help in um, sort of the website and marketing that could also be some you know an area where we can uh, expand a little bit Um, I have a great uh, team for the social media 
But, you know, there are many ways to get involved in TED, and this is just the beginning, and there will be things all the time. And I'm sure there are a lot of talented people out there. And if you're interested, just reach out to me because you never know, like, where I can fit you in or how we, you can be part of the team. Obviously, on the day of, we'll be needing many volunteers to sort of um, check people in and help with uh, the flow of the of the day. But... Um, I think there's a lot of room for help in the technical department in terms of camera operators, sound, lighting, um, anyone that wants to get involved in that way, um, that's definitely uh, needed. I'm also very excited to be to be hosting the conference. I think that's also like a really... Um, massive honor but also quite scary when I've been there you've been sending me podcasts about how to actually present it and to you know basically put yourself completely to one side and you know my role would be to basically make everybody shine that comes onto that stage to give a talk and that you know has put such a monumental amount of effort into bringing that idea um, to a global stage so it's it's just it's so 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 exciting if there was one thing that you want people to kind of take away from this podcast that you know that they can change or bring um, to the awareness of the people and the community of Ibiza and people listening to this podcast but like what would it be what's your main goal with this conference wow um my main goal is to gather people to have inspiring, well-informed discussions on issues that surround us in a professional and a sort of very well thought out and planned structure of a day. There are many events in Ibiza with um, a lot of you know, speakers and a lot of things happening. But sometimes I find that they are not very well organized in terms of times, in terms of uh, professionalism, in terms of um, structure. And I think that adding that with all of the amazing, uh, you know, subjects and speakers and, and people that we're pulling in, we can create a great, great event that will sort of kind of awe people because when they think of Ibiza and they're looking at these TED Talks online and thinking how are these people coming out of that island and how are they so well spoken and I didn't know there was a you know somebody who's written a book on the history of Ibiza living there and can really speak so well about it I mean we want to uh, amaze people with this with this conference that's the idea I think you've got a pretty good chance of doing that from, from what I've heard thus far in the few short months that we've been sort of having this conversation. And I think, um, you know, it'd be interesting for people to know a little bit more about your background. I mean, what brings someone like you to a place like Ibiza? As you said, you know, this is a very structured, very well thought out, very planned and will require, you know, a hell of a lot in terms of the execution process. So what brought you to, to you know, bring this uh, to, to the island? Well, I guess that's the American side of me, because <laughs> even though I was born in Madrid, I am also American, and I've spent a lot of my career working and studying in the U.S., and um, right before moving back to Ibiza, because I had lived here before, and then I went to the U.S., and now I'm back as of 
June 2020, I was working for a nonprofit that educates people on climate change, and I was in charge of all their their events. And I realized that uh, the power in hosting sort of conferences and uh, also fundraisers or different types of events that get people together where you give them inspiring talks or information or tidbits or performances where they kind of go home with this feeling and say, oh, I can change something. I can be part of something that that changes the world so that it looks more like the world we should be living in, you know? And I just think that a lot of us have you know, our hearts open here and and really attuned, as you say, to nature and to the way, you know, the the world should look. But maybe we're not always so active and using our agency to change practical things here. So maybe like in the U.S., it's a lot easier maybe to petition certain politicians to change certain laws. And here it might be a bit, especially for somebody who speaks English and is not used to the Spanish government or how it works, overwhelming. But creating a platform like TED where we can get together and have sort of these topics of conversations come up you never know who it might inspire in the audience to then go back and they you know change their life's mission or they um, you know donate to a certain cause or or they wake up and realize that they should be active in, in something that matters to them you know and I think that that's what's so great about this platform and that's what I like to share. And in terms of like, you know, you've also produced podcasts as well and you have like a, a specific podcast that you've been working on for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, many years ago, we came up with the idea to, because I worked with this nonprofit that educates people on climate change and one of the our biggest groups, obviously, that we work with are youth and we wanted to elevate the youth voice, obviously, in Miami um, is ground zero for climate change and so it's a place that is, you know, always getting attacked in some way or another by some... Uh, climate-related issue, and um, we started a podcast called House on Fire, which was uh, hosted by two 17-year-olds and a 20-year-old, and sort of tackling the issues of the day, and it's still on. It's doing quite well. Well, if you can organize some teenagers to create a (laughs) podcast, I think you've got a good chance of whipping whipping Ibiza into shape. Yeah, it wasn't easy, let me tell you. I can just imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's laughing is, it, you know, time management and uh, managing people is definitely going to be one of my hardest um, issues that I'm going to have to tackle in this role as organizer because, you know, at the end, it's a volunteer organization. Um, I'm not getting paid and no one on the organizing team is getting paid and um, no speakers are paid. And I want that to be absolutely clear. No speaker has ever been paid for any TED stage. Um, So it is sort of a kind of a new idea here on the island I feel like it's not so in the US people volunteer a lot of their time maybe in in the UK as well but I don't know if in Europe they're so used to like the idea of volunteering part of your working day towards a cause but this is really what that what that's about and um, I think it's hard to get people to understand that even if you're volunteering you're still 
working. So you're still showing up. You're still respecting people's time. You're still answering your emails within 48 hours. You're still, you know, conducting yourself in a professional manner as if you were being paid because that's what you're, you're expected of in order for everything to work, you know. What, what do you think the kind of mindset needs to be of a volunteer? I mean, you know, what other volunteering work have you done in the past maybe that set the precedent for you wanting to kind of encourage this? I mean, I think uh, you have to just be open, you know, and you have to be willing to give your time and be excited and curious and, and want to have fun and meet new people and, you know, and yeah, and, and have new experiences. But you also have to... Uh, know how much of yourself you can give. If you know that you can't give more than, you know, two hours a week, then don't commit to more than two hours a week because then you're letting someone else down, you know. Um, And I've noticed that, like, in the U.S., I was very amazed at how much people um, dedicate time to volunteer organizations, but also how much money they give to charities and how it's like con- it's a constant thing like these galas and fundraisers and and it's like part of the culture there you know um and there's a lot of things obviously wrong there but that was something that I was kind of impressed by so how do you think you kind of bring out the best you know in that kind of environment i mean i think we tr- always want to keep it light and fun you know we're not like yes we're trying to do something professional and 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 we're trying to get certain ideas across, but we want to make sure that everyone's having fun in the process and learning and growing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think, for example, I'd like to host some, you know, potlucks and dinners with people that want to be part of the TED conversation. And there's other ways that we're thinking about organizing here at the Hub, different things. So there there are ways to sort of bring the community alive and maybe we could do like a... I don't know, TED beach cleanup or something like that, but get people sort of excited and talking about um, about this event. And also, you know, I just think it's great that it's happening clearly in the winter when people are less busy and, you know, they've got from now until March. I mean, a lot of people, you know, might really have the time to dedicate to this. So I think it's perfect timing. Um, And thank you for giving me your time for today's episode. I think we're running out of time, but thank you so, so much for giving us the lowdown on how all of this works. And if people want to apply to be a volunteer, apply to give a talk, how do they find it? I'm going to put it all in the show notes as well, but just lastly... So we have uh, an Instagram account, which is TEDx.Villa, uh, and all, the website is also TEDx.Villa. So .Villa is spelled D-A-L-T-V-I-L-A. Um, so you'll find us there. A World UNESCO Heritage Site. It's a very, uh, yeah, a very good stage, I think, to have um, based this upon and I'm super excited to see what unfolds and to be on the journey also. Um, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I'll be putting all of the information just in case into the show notes. And we'll see you next week. Rebel Coming to you every day